0: I'm excited to be welcoming Derek Flansreich, got that correct, Uh, CEO of Ness, uh, former founder and CEO of Greatest uh, as well, for those who are not aware. Both great companies, but Ness is a uh, soon-to-be health credit card. How would you best describe Ness? I don't want to screw it up. Yeah, we're building
1: the next great credit card company, but health first, not travel first, uh, which is a pretty, uh, pretty... Big idea. Yeah. Um, we've built a from scratch consumer credit card that'll compete with the Chase Sapphire Reserves and the Amex Platinums. And then um, over time, the hope is to launch a whole suite of consumer cards that basically rewards people for healthy spending and healthy activities with more healthy stuff.
0: Nice. You also have a suite of uh, like practitioners as well, right? Yeah. yeah. So
1: when you earn points uh, using our card, you'll be able to use it on a marketplace of products and services. You know things you like, healthy food or gym membership. But you cool. also can use it on this network we've built of actually a thousand background-checked, certification-approved uh, experts, like health coaches and dietitians, trainers and therapists. So you know, instead of sort of putting your money on a card in which you're hoping you'll get enough points for that trip to Tahiti, but then it always ends up being kind of like fifty percent off your trip to Detroit. Um, instead (laughs) earn points on our, uh, on our cards and you'll be able to, you know, like, you know, get some healthy food, pay for gym membership, and maybe see a, you know, dietitian every month or a therapist every couple of weeks.
0: Nice. Sounds great. Uh, I should probably at this point disclose I am a very small investor in the company and this is not just an ad for Ness. Yeah. Not yet. (laughs) <laughs> just get it, which just yeah, we'll keep going, we'll, we'll be there. But,
1: but thank you uh, for the disclaimer, we appreciate yeah, your support. Yeah,
0: of course. Uh, and well, I mean, one of the things that most excited me about the company is your background, which is sort of hopefully it's most of the basis of this conversation today. It's a huge fan of greatest. Uh, many people listening probably have heard of greatest, always thought it was SEO powerhouse itself. Uh, for those that are aware, kind of health blah, I don't know that's does it as a service we called like a very health blog.
1: anti-blog the oh, word okay. blog for a while uh <laughs> online publication no oh, okay. a media company i mean yeah we um yeah the company started uh, in 2011 which is pretty early um there was effectively no health and wellness content that was any good on the internet except for in actual like you know blogs that certain individuals were writing okay. um and, uh, we did a lot of things wrong, but me and some friends decided what the internet needed was fact-checked expert approved content in health and wellness, all of which was written in the voice of a friend that was a little further along. And okay. that part we did really right and ended up building the largest site on the internet uh, in health and wellness, which is pretty crazy. You were kind
0: of ahead of the <laughs> curve on, uh, I didn't realize the, like, the, expert checked. I mean, that's oh yeah, like in the SEO world. I'm sure all over at expertise, authority, trust is like yeah. everything these days. Yeah, you guys all about were eating. first. <laughs> I'm all about eating. Um, Maybe know, not first, but what a, I'm sure early ones. You know, but.
1: yeah. Look, I don't want to take too much like credit for having reverse engineered Google's eventual algorithms, which is like you know, because like who knows? <laughs> they just looked at your site. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, algorithm. No. yeah. Well, I mean, the honest, the honest truth was we wrote content we wanted to read. Mm-hmm. and uh and i started getting very into seo at the time which was frankly like as much like let's call it gray hat as it was white hat at the time and it mm-hmm. felt to me like google was google results were starting to really suffer if you search for health and wellness things you'd end up on content farm websites like a livestrong.com mm-hmm. or um you know uh, E-how type stuff. E-how. It was like truly the worst of the worst. And any brands that would start moving online would just write more terrible stuff. And some of it was even, I mean, I would argue like pretty damaging, honestly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, really bad advice, completely not science-based. And so when we went out to write, we actually literally wrote, somewhere one day I'll be able to find it, where we literally wrote down like, how should content be written, basically. Okay. And every one of those sort of things that we did were things that eventually Google recognized and valued. Now, look, like, you know, again, I don't want to, like, take too much credit for it, (laughs) but that included having every article be approved by at least two experts. That included linking only to high-authority sites. Hmm. That included, um, you know, simple things like heavy, hardcore spell checks and grammar, that included focusing on engagement so that people would read to the bottom. We averaged something like six minutes on average per page. You had,
0: you had some of the most scannable content before it was like even a thing. Yeah, user readability
1: experience yeah. um, and, you know, not over-promising what you're going to cover. Uh, you know, everything was cited. No clickbait. No okay. clickbait mm-hmm. um, and, you know, still clicky, like interesting right, clickable yeah, yeah. titles, mm-hmm. but not clickbait. And again, most of that was done because we thought that's how it should be, you know? (laughs) But it just turned out that the timing was pretty good and Google ended up rewarding us tremendously and uh, every famous algorithm that rolled out that destroyed websites, we just watched, frankly, our traffic just go up, up, up every single time. Uh, Now it's pretty standard practice, all the stuff that we did, of course, Ah. you know? Um, uh, I'm like surprised when people aren't having experts the <laughs> articles now, but we were doing that because we thought it was the right thing to do, um, in 2011.
0: I like you had, uh, uh, you touched on it very briefly, but you said in the voice of your friend, I think you said, yeah, a friend that's a little further along. What wh- a little further. Oh, you mean just an expertise or something? Yeah. It wasn't
1: yeah. written by, so I grew up a really big kid struggling with my weight, uh-huh. right? That's like, same. Yes, I yeah, know. Yeah. I mean, they the best kinds of people. <laughs> yes. um, like, w- the the thing was that for me, when I was reading on the internet and trying to find answers to questions to try to be healthy, uh, I felt to me like everything that was on there was either for people at six-pack abs already and Gwyneth Paltrow, basically <laughs> people already had it all figured out, or I was trying to take advantage of people who didn't have that and weren't that. And it didn't feel like there was anything in between. And in the content space, the tone tended to rage, r- range from complete like dry scientific writing that was science backed or it was super like person personality opinion driven and completely not rooted in fact basically (laughs) and um, there were a few exceptions and uh, in fact the first year that we started writing greatest we wrote our first um, uh, you know 100 most influential people in health and wellness list and that list effectively came out of my sort of writing down all the people I thought were influential and worth following. So there were good voices out there at the time, but they were all kind of individual. No one had kind of done that for like a mainstream, more broad based, um, yeah, platform. And so, um, so yeah, it was, uh, that voice I actually think is really the key to our success. And I would say writing quality content that's science backed and expert approved, that's easy to read and engaging that he felt even then like it should be the baseline, and how you differentiate is really the voice. And in particular, if you know, I bring it to like content. My the way I think about content strategy today, it is how do you super serve a very specific target customer? How do you find who that is and really deliver on your promise? And so for us at Greatest, that tended to be the people who were just trying to get better, just trying to improve. People like me growing
0: up oh, okay. when I was looking for that information. They're not like a super expert on the concept. Yeah, yeah, I like that idea. Did you like at the forefront of founding that website, like build this kind of competitive matrix where you're like, these are the dry people up top, here's here, or is this kind of like who I, there's just more natural to you, or does that make sense? Like, It was more natural to me, yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. I mean, I tend to think, again, I think you you can start companies uh, for a lot of reasons, and you can only kind of be like the best founder that you can be, you know, for a business. Um, some people are more like mercenary in nature and I'm definitely more missionary in nature. And so I tend to want to make a difference in the world. Like I believe today I'm on this planet to make health more accessible for people. That's why I'm starting another company to do that. Um, and so greatest was really big part of that. And so I really very much was creating the thing that I wanted to exist in the world. It just turned out that we weren't alone and, uh, And frankly, it was a different time on the internet. And we had a couple things that we did uniquely well that other people took a long time to catch up to. Nice. Um, Yeah.
0: Yeah, I like that idea. When I, in my SEO lens, uh, I mean, I've done like affiliate side or two in my day, never anything like greatest. But when we're we're often like latching on to great brands uh, through our process. But in that infancy stage, that idea of like, all very often look at a competitor and just be like, this is bad or they're focusing just on these general niches, but you went as far as kind of the voice and tone differentiation yeah. on top of that, which well, I think is I'm a is big like, voice and tone
1: person. Yeah. So, I mean, not everyone is, but, you it know. It matters, I mean, yeah. And, and when, like, not to get, like, I tend to, like, think of SEO from, like, a soft skills point of view. Okay. Um, and what I mean by that is, I always tend to think, take a step back and say, why are people gonna click this over the next thing? Right. In uh-huh. How are we gonna, when they click on it, not click back? Right. How are we gonna make sure that we keep them around and engage them in a way that actually like, you know, drives value? How are we gonna make sure that when they see the title, it actually delivers on the thing that they're searching for? And so this is I, sometimes I think of it as like the kind of soft stuff that you might overlook if you go straight to Hrefs, right? Or a yeah, SEMrush. Exactly. And like again, I, you know, the best. SEO, the best sort of like growth folks, they look at all of it, right? But for me, it was very simply like, how do we write a more interesting title and an article that actually delivers on its promise, right? And that's how we would rank for like healthiest food. You know, like,
0: I mean, pretty crazy, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like a better, uh, not that the original, I don't know, have you heard of the Scottish Scrapper technique? Yeah, it's like that. But, uh, it's kind of like this the like, brand right version of that. We essentially.
1: call it, yeah, yeah. We, we used to call them tentpole. Sometimes people call them tent too, but mm-hmm. we call it the temple. But yeah, it was, um, yeah, the skyscraper technique. It's just funny sometimes, like, since temple that. technique. That's yeah, so I think of them as like tent poles mm-hmm. because I'm like a Disney guy especially now with a daughter, Um, and I know you have a son, and I would just watch, have them watch Disney, even though, like, really I'm just watching it for me, because at this age they'll watch anything. Yeah, (laughs) Um, But, you know, Disney, when they were building Disneyland, um, Walt Disney, who I'm, like, a weird, like, fan of, uh, obsessive around, like, had this idea, this concept, that when you walked into Disneyland, every land had to have one, they called them weenie, And the weenie would be what drew you in. So when you walk into Disneyland, there's the castle. You go to the castle, and each land has like a major like thing that draws you in. Then once you're there, you're gonna buy some stuff, and you're gonna like ride some rides, and you're gonna like you know spend. And um, I think a lot about content. I tend to just encourage people write less and like write bigger. Right? Like you know quality over quantity. Like think think about putting fifty percent of Like a movie, like when Marvel, which is owned by Disney, uh, of course, um, (laughs) when Marvel puts out a movie, about like the same amount that they put into creating the movie itself and producing it goes into the marketing of that movie. It's 50-50. But when we think of creating content, we think of the major cost as the actual production, not the marketing. And so, another big thing that we did uniquely well, I think, at greatest, was we thought of every single thing as essentially a temple every, because we were only writing like two to three articles a day at our, at our peak, which is like wow. still a very yeah. small amount compared mm-hmm. to like other big sites. It was like we only have a few shots on goal. How do we make sure they're the best shots? And that meant investing heavily in. Who are we mentioning in the article and how are we mentioning them? How are we optimizing and including photos and graphics and shareable elements? Uh, How do we make sure that any kind of um, government entity or education or college uh, might link to it? Like how are we gonna like drive those links? And so we would do all that work actually upfront before the article was even produced. Then once it was published, we would actually then reach back out to all those people and say, hey, remember remember us, we mentioned you here. And so that I think really helped us as well.
0: I was just about to dig into that as a, a use. We're still link building, but we're doing less manual outreach these days. Uh, totally. Still love the mentioned outreach concept. I think something you did well that maybe even partially inspired some of the things we we do. You took, you did use third party content. Is that correct? But you kind of differentiated and used it. You like added value to it, and still sent. Send traffic back to the publishers and a lot of the, a lot of the roundups, and still, yeah, them, yeah, yeah, I mean, look,
1: we tried everything, right? Yeah. like we're we're constantly experimenting, um, but yeah, we we tended to want to be good friends with other publishers. I think um there was a sense at one point in. Uh, I think media that everyone is competing with you for, like you know, your and and in a sense you are right because like you know you want to rank higher than them for um, the result. I tended to think like we should be good friends to people, and that meant like you know repurposing or repromoting the stuff that did really well for them, and similarly. Um, was, oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, I you know we 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 never reposted other people's stuff, but we did try to call them out as much as possible and be a good. Makes friend. Se-
0: Yeah, I'm not just to be clear, I'm not saying you like. Yeah. fully copied someone's article but yeah. kind well, of I mean, that, that was a big strategy for a push while Push to it oh was it <laughs> i actually remember a couple times people, uh, i missed that people duped and cloned our
1: entire site and uh sometimes i would i would check our his
0: recipe staffed i hear that a lot yeah rest yeah. oh yeah because
1: yeah, yeah. recipes like you can't own yeah, or whatever yeah
0: yeah how many ways can you make a blank <laughs>
1: well <laughs> that <laughs> definitely happens uh no people would literally like a couple of times people copied our entire site from scratch would find some unique way to drive links to it. I don't think uh, white hat style and um, and they would rank ahead of us. And wow. so we'd have to like find ways to like get rid of them, you know, and then Google again just got better at like knowing who was the out. first person to publish it. And that kind of has died off since then. Yeah. Hmm.
0: So you mentioned mentioning people and also governing organizations and potentially re- is beyond just reaching out to those people. Were there any specific debil- deliberate things that you did in that process? Yeah. I mean, I think like essentially
1: my <laughs> strategy, um, again, always heavily emphasizes like the pre-publishing moment and turning as many people into sort of shareholders and stakeholders in the article's success before you publish the article. Mm-hmm. I find it's very hard to, and this is what I think sometimes is the hardest part about the manual link building is to be like, I published this cool thing. Will, will you share it? You know, <laughs> it's a lot easier to say, Hey, I finally published that article I've been telling you about, and that you're included and mentioned in. Will you share it? I find that that hit rate is like, you know, wildly bigger. At greatest, at div- uh, at certain, once we were getting at our like most sophisticated, every article we would write had a specific channel we thought would like be the best to distribute it on. So think of it as like. Facebook or Pinterest or what Instagram right, yeah. or whatever we had, uh, who our target customer type was that we wanted to reach, what communities they were in. And we were going to like seed it in. Like we really had like a pretty out there strategy, like how many links we basically thought for sure we would build because we already mm-hmm. knew who was involved in the creation of the process. Um, um, Again, a clear the,
0: distribution plan is
1: yeah, like the, but built into it the same way. Coming back to like that temple idea, the same way like a Marvel movie has a plan, right? They've yeah. already you know done the deal with McDonald's to like have the Happy Meal snacks, right? Right. Um, they've already done the advertising mm-hmm. things with the NBA because it's the NBA finals, so they've already done you know the ads online and tried that a million times over. They already know which influencers are going to be involved in it, right?
0: Okay. Yeah, it makes sense. I one, the, I think what works for your model, and I liked as well that I think some SEOs took to the, the wrong direction is they would do like the top hundred SEOs or whatever, and just reach out to every single person on the list. And of course, some people would still share it. But a core tenet, I think, of what you accomplished, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like it's this is the case, you in, you impress that person at the same time. It's a quality article reflects them well to share yeah. it. That, I say a lot like. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I love, by the way, I call it ego bait in like the yeah. best way. Um, I love those. I think the key to them is you can't mail it in.
0: Yeah, It's yeah. got
1: to be legitimately amazing curation. And you have to be clear about why people ended up on, your, on that list. Mm-hmm. For me, the question I always um, asked people, editors and writers was, why is this the best answer to the question not an answer to the question And so if you're telling me you've written a list of the 100 SEOs you're gonna have to explain to me why those actually are the hundred best SEOs <laughs> you know and what process did you go through probably painstaking to you know basically differentiate what numbers did you use what you know information did you compare And I tend to find it's very simple to know very quickly if those things are like legitimate or if they're just like hope mention hopes you know
0: yeah and it's the organization is credible for it too i think that was an issue for a long time yeah i, I mean you could probably touch on it. i i think i saw you do a version of this just recently on ness with healthiest colleges <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah we've got and more you're, coming you're credible for that so yeah. it makes sense Well, yeah. oh, that's
1: right yeah. yeah i remember seeing yeah the hundred healthiest you know like people yeah. and it's like brought to you by vogue and you're like okay well that's confusing.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I think that's right. It has to be on brand, you know. Yeah. yeah. So uh kind of one final question on the voice and tone. Thing. And
1: again, Google knows that, right? Google is definitely can see that different. Can see yeah. can see that you're you don't rank you you haven't written articles that are relevant to that topic. And so they'll value you less, you know, when yeah. you do that stuff anyway.
0: I th- I think they sometimes yeah, especially if you're trying to rank for something like a hundred things, no one no user wants a hundred SEOs. They I think, often, think that's true. Yeah, unless they're saying, I don't know." If inspiration, like in your greatest space, there was a lot of visual inspiration type stuff. I find that people like volume. That's why Pinterest is so popular. But
1: yeah, um, Pinterest was um, one of our obviously like big, um, our second largest traffic driver at Greatest. I actually think in many ways that's how Greatest really got on the map. Was we mm-hmm. were the earliest among the earliest. Uh, brands on Pinterest and we were by far the best for maybe a year and a half. We were truly the best brand on Pinterest. I think
0: I saw it everywhere. Not that I was a huge Pinterest user. No, I, th- I got into it a little bit, but yeah. Um, one of the things that I like specifically about what you did that stood out, I don't know how I originally discovered it. Maybe it was through Pinterest research for our clients. Yeah. You created custom, like a lot of people would just mail it in and just okay. have share buttons Yeah. And you created custom-shared native images. We had, like, things
1: built to be shared in Pinterest. Yeah, we, uh, I think, were the first or among the first people to invent the banner image where it would say, like, you know, with the title of the article inside of it. Right. And the reason was because at Pinterest at the time, like, you didn't know you should click on it unless there was some reason to click on it because you were collecting images, essentially. Oh, yeah. That makes sense. At the time, there was this big debate around like, well, it's not driving me any traffic. And so we were like, well, we're already on there. Like, let's test all the ways we can do to get traffic. It turned out that if you have a picture of a taco and you say 37 other taco recipes, you know, people are going to click on it and try to go see those other recipes. And so we were, I do think like, almost everyone in um, social media is usually playing catch up. Mm -hmm. You know, oh, I got to be on TikTok now. Everyone's on TikTok. What I always, the way I think people really like catch some of these waves is if you are not just on it, but you're the best at it. And that means really like truly innovating at like the edge of it. And that's why these influencers have frankly like effectively replaced most publishers today because they can be so native to the platform and so much better at it. You know, like who wins on YouTube? It's, you know, it's not brands. It's Mr. Beast, right? Like, (laughs) Who's going all millions on stuff. Yeah, but, like, the, the reason is just because he knows how to do it. He's a, so much better at it than everyone else mm-hmm. because that's all he's living and breathing. And uh, for a while, Pinterest was everything to us. And Pinterest and Google, when it comes to evergreen content, uh, also drive evergreen traffic if you get it right.
0: For sure. So, like, in your. Not doing the same thing, but you're going to go, you're starting down the path of doing high quality content at Ness. We are. We started, we started in January actually this year. Yeah. And how do you think about your, we'd love to hear you describe, because you did it for greatest, like what is your, your voice and tone for Ness? Yeah. And how are you thinking about that same equation for yourself right now? Yeah, totally. So
1: obviously uh, I was going to bring a lot of the learnings that I had at greatest <laughs> again we did a lot of things really right and I'm very proud of that business that we built and like um, and I'm proud of our approach to health and wellness because that's what I care about most basically right is like this notion of like talking about health in this healthier way which I think we did at a very important time and mm-hmm. uh, health generally um, Ness is doing a very different thing. We're not a media company, right? We are building a credit card company. Yeah, yeah. Um, however, we know for a fact that content sells credit cards. In fact, more people acquire credit cards through content than I believe any other form. Um, when hmm. you think of like Credit Karma or NerdWallet or The Points Guy, those are unbelievable channels. How did you
0: find that data point out of curiosity?
1: Um, you can just talk to any of the credit card companies oh, that are okay. forking over you, a lot of money. Native ha-
0: advertisers or whatever,
1: Well, and just like, you know, it makes sense. If you're like, I'm thinking about this credit card, where are you going to go? And then the answer is the internet, right? Yeah, it makes sense. And so then you're going to go to one of these sites and you're going to trust their recommendation. Um, And so content we know sells cards, but uh, we want to sell something very different. And so from a very early moment, we knew what we needed to do was get sort of in front of our target customer earlier in the process and start building a relationship with them. I believe content, uh, and I've always believed content is the most effective form of marketing when it comes to starting a relationship with someone. Okay. Where I got frustrated at greatest was it's just the beginning of a relationship. And so many people are good at converting them to courses or products or everything mm-hmm. whereas at greatest we basically weren't frankly like we like were an advertising based media company for the most part despite some affiliate and e-commerce <laughs> um but like effectively, like, there's so much better businesses if it's just the start of the relationship. So here we were like, how do you start the relationship? Ultimately, our card rewards people for spending on healthy things. And we thought, who, what are those people looking for on the internet? And it became pretty clear it seemed obvious to me that those people are probably searching for the best healthy things on the internet. Right. And so (laughs) our online publication, which we call the Nessie uh, at Ness is essentially like a wire cutter for health and wellness products and services. We go like, you know, to the extreme extra level to cover in excruciating detail. What is the best, everything from like the best booty band to the best mushroom (laughs) coffee and rank very well for both of those on, (laughs) on Google now. Um, (laughs) <laughs> and uh, that is all we do, effectively. And uh, I do think we live in a world now where sort of the broad-based stuff is harder to do, and so we want to be super, super focused on that niche of delivering. Like, you know, like
0: wire cutter for health, essentially. That's
1: it, yeah. yeah. And um, we think we can do that uniquely great and be known for that. Um, and so that is like the top of our like content spear. We've got a newsletter that we send out uh, newsletter was a big part of our strategy at Greatest. Mm. Um, we had nearly two million people on an email list. We mailed every single day, which is pretty bonkers. Did you send those three articles every single day? Do you use segmentation at all at, at Greatest? Yeah, yeah. At right. Greatest, we had what probably was the most valuable thing on, in the entire industry, which is that email list. And we did very little with it, unfortunately. Oh, right. um, but yes, we. <laughs> I remember meeting people who would say, hey, I, like, I love Greatest, my favorite newsletter. Uh-huh. I was like, well, you've you've seen the website too, right? And they'd be like, no, I don't think so. I'd be like, what do you mean? When you go to the newsletter, what oh, do really? you do? And yeah. they'd be like, I click on the article and I read it. I'm like, where do you think you're reading that? But like, people would basically <laughs> intera- interact entirely with it's it through the email, the email oh, you wow. know? And uh, it's just so funny. Yeah, we did segment, we did personalize a little bit. Um, we were writing like long form content every Sunday, uh, which was sort of very similar to, you know, like the hustle or the morning brew right. or the skim. And you're doing that now We were a doing, little bit right for Ness. So at Ness we do yeah, that now. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but at greatest, that was like one of the things we started doing in a cool way. Um, yeah. 2 million people that email list. Um, uh, I'd at, love,
0: yeah, go ahead. I'd love to hear, uh, cause I have no idea. Obviously the connection of as a content marketer, not uh, traditional email marketing is obviously trying to sell something. Yeah. You had a blog or publication. Obviously that is a huge part of distribution potentially. Did you have any like unique lessons or best practices on the idea of kind of sharing content to drive more engagement specifically through email? Like, is there some, did you find sharing Pop-ups. five or how about <laughs> on the newsletter itself beyond collecting yeah. emails? Um, <laughs> Like, is it three? I know you had three articles, maybe you did three articles, or did you find? I think we did test I think anything, we
1: yeah. Played with everything at greatest and ultimately concluded that you wanted enough variety. Um, I think we did five ultimately. And the thing five that articles. we found mattered the most was uh, good images, good, unique images that didn't look like stock photography, um, titles that. Uh, you know, like fit on the screen effectively. And then, you know, fun, cute, like um, taglines that drove clicking. Okay. Um, that's what ultimately did. And every time we tried to switch away from that format, it never performed as well. Um, that's what worked. And our, today at, um, at Ness, we have an email newsletter that comes out twice a week mm-hmm. called Nessie Sightings. So here it's like, you know, if you think of the Nessie as sort of all the, the best of the best, heavily curated. We did all the research. Here's the you know, Best Water Tracker app. Yeah. Um, the uh, the Nessie sightings is more like, here's what's out there. You know, here's what we're finding. And so it's, it's, it's more curating sort of what's new and next without okay. any sort of like, you know, this is the best or the worst. There's no real review. More like, here's us like finding and discovering this thing for you and what's the latest. Um, yeah. That newsletter is heavy, heavy on, Long-form content and heavy on curation. Uh, we have a really talented uh, writer who's driving that, uh, and uh, she's got a really unique voice that we've sort of like, you know, kind of embraced.
0: Do you generally feel like anything that maybe it's it's some of that I guess could be qualified as thought leadership content mm. in some ways. Is the Do you think today it doesn't make sense to host a lot of that on site? It's more of a newsletter activity. Do you have any of that on the site itself? Go back and forth on yeah. it. Um, I do think if you're an SEO play,
1: probably leadership, uh, like thought, uh, sort of like opinion editorials is probably not the move. Mm-hmm. Um, I think uh, that, it, you know, stories might be like we do something called Uh, wellness diaries, which is we give people a thousand dollars towards health and wellness and ask them to like, tell us what they spent it on and how they would break it down. Um, And that tends to be really interesting content that started with our newsletter, but then we brought it into our, our publication. Um, But yeah, I do. The biggest change I would say is that the market and the, the, the way people consume content has changed tremendously. Um, And uh, at, but what hasn't changed is people still Google stuff.
0: Um, they, <laughs> now they TikTok, maybe. Yeah. I
1: yeah. don't know. I think, like, TikTok and um, email, I think email will always, like, be a very powerful medium. But, you know, more and more people have moved to individual newsletters, not, like, big sort of brand newsletters. Mm-hmm. I think the individual voice, in like, Actually, leaning into that more than leaning out of it is the key. If you look on TikTok, there's no brands that are succeeding unless they're essentially pulling pranks and stunts. It's mostly people with a with a face and a voice that you know, even if they're the social media manager for Wendy's or whatever. You know,
0: yeah, yeah. Um, I saw that, so yeah. people should check out yours. I noticed that change. You have a great personality yeah. on there now. Yeah, she's doing a great job. Yeah, what's her name? Yeah, Sydney. She Sydney. rocks. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so she's
1: amazing. We've got Sydney and then a bunch of other, like, contributors, essentially. Um, But that's really worked for us, right, is essentially, like, Sydney is uh, funny and sort of um, she's got a great sense of humor and uh, is very warm but also, like, very, um, like, likable. You like her, you know? And
0: um, Still a human under the brand, though. Still a human under the brand. Have you thought about taking it? Off brand, I think it would work better off brand. Yeah, <laughs> that's how it's good. Um, but
1: at the same time, no, like nothing. we do want to build our brand following, you know. Right. But yeah. yeah, I think I think that's right. I think that the individual more than the brand is basically maybe the theme of media today. Mm-hmm. Um, I just remember feeling like if you wanted to go big, if I'm an advertiser, which was our primary business in my last company, if I'm an advertiser and you and I want to go big, I'm going to Google and Facebook right? Or maybe TV where I can get a lot of data and a lot of information and track it really carefully. Okay, And if I want to go small and I really want to reach the exact person I'm going after um, with uh, true influence, I'm going to go to the niche influencer, right? That really okay. speaks that language. And it really catches everyone in the middle who stands for not a lot and doesn't have strong opinions, uh, like leaves them out in the dark, you know? And most generic Uh, sort of mainstream brands stay generic, right? Because they're trying to appeal to too many people. Um, But I think if you're not really relevant to someone, you're not relevant enough to anyone on the internet anymore.
0: So did you, uh, potential questions later, I think you do a great job as a CEO generally um, for what you've done. But I think one of (laughs) those natural things are uh, probably lifting other people up and being a little less of the face yourself. Do you, Mm. you're not There's obviously some risk involved with having a personality that's not necessarily, maybe one of I don't know her relationship within the company, but it's like not what a founder potentially. Right. Is there a reason why you didn't do it yourself as a personality, or yeah, uh, Um, I tried a couple times to do things, Uh, not 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 at Ness. Um,
1: I'm honestly just too busy, (laughs) And, and I also think you have to be really good at it. Like, you're good at I it. I think you could be good at it. I mean, yeah. I think if I had the time and priority to put into it, I could be better than I've been. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I definitely think, like, I don't You think, have to be all in on it. And it's just like, and also, yeah. like, I just don't have, like, the, e- I'm not fueled by it. I have no ego for in yeah, this, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, I don't like it. And maybe I actually, like, I'm too distracted by it sometimes. I'm like a bad multitasker. I'm a uni. It's unitasker. definitely distracting. There's and no doubt about and it. And so, yeah. Um, yeah. it's hard to be the CEO of a company and do anything else. Frankly, um, much less uh, manage family life and you know friends and like keeping you know like taking care of yourself. And so, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I find, um,
0: and frankly, I think
1: other people are much more interesting. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and so that's like put more away. interesting people yeah, yeah. you know um, you have also uh, I kept thinking about asking you the question but like um, I mean you, you talk about your differentiation of the product but your voice and tone for the brand specifically I don't know that's also part of it you're I don't know if you mind you're 35 I'm 37 I don't know if your audience is more her I'm guessing she's on the younger side mm-hmm. uh, is more that age and that was part of your consideration set it seems like generally people on TikTok are pretty young I could be wrong, but. Yeah.
1: So we have an interesting thing because so for it's a credit card and our first credit card is like pretty expensive, right? It's a premium annual fee credit card. So like $3.99 an annual fee. Uh, And that cost and the credit worthiness of applying for and getting approved for that credit card does mean that uh, we have to really be focusing on like older Gen Z uh, and Mm. up. And so we have to be mindful that we're not just doing content for like social, viral, you know, reach, but also ultimately the purpose is to engage our existing customers, um, you know, make good on our mission, but sign up new ones. Yeah, right. And so we're very mindful of that. Uh, But yeah, our target customer, we call them Jamie, sort of gender neutral name for people who are um, folks who basically like, spend a lot of money on health and wellness and really heavily prioritize it as our first target. And over time, it'll be people who prioritize it and have like less money and value more some of the sort of unique ways to access more wellness. Um, but ultimately, our voice, I think, is similar. I would say it's it's pretty similar to Greatest in that it's kind of your friend that's a little further along. But in our case, it's more, I would argue, more trustworthy, more authoritative, and more about... Uh, the journey of wellness, kind of the up and down journey and kind of keeping you on track, helping you discover and find what will help propel you forward. Mm-hmm. The idea behind Ness, the name for the company came out of WellNess and technically the you know, like formal title, the name is uh, Ness Well. Uh, we fell in love with Ness and we started to come up with this idea around how Ness which stands in some ways for like the Loch Ness Monster, Mm -hmm. uh, is like kind of this thing that people are trying to reach and find. Mm -hmm. No one's found it yet. People have seen it. They keep looking now. Seen it, (laughs) uh, but they keep looking. And so the idea here is like, how do you get to your health nirvana where you can afford and access all the things that you want when it comes to your health? Our job as a company is to reduce those barriers so more people can access it. And we think the job for our content effectively is to help you kind of guide you towards that. Um, and so, you know, we're maybe a little bit more intense about the metaphors that we use and the yeah. the stories that we like wrap around the meaning. Uh, we wrap around everything. I'm not sure if like, the average good. consumer <laughs> cares. understands or cares. I do think that the care that you we put into that, though, the average consumer can tell. Not because they understand everything, but because um, we used to say this at greatest, you know, it was like, the the details matter and the details don't matter because everyone is noticing the details. It's because if you get all the details right, people notice, it's great.
0: Yeah, that makes sense, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's true, I love that. One of the, an interesting thing I was thinking about there with where Greatest came from and where mm-hmm. you are now, I mean, I would guess maybe, I don't know for sure, if, if part of the finance consideration is why it's a little more serious than it was at Greatest. Totally. and based on how the health market evolved do you think that kind of like friend who's a little further along voice would still i mean great is still doing i think still doing pretty well today do you think it would be a successful it's doing well, today yeah. it is yeah
1: yeah um no i think i yeah. think the short answer is though that's still the voice i want to hear from in health and wellness so many people now talk like that that you probably have to find a even bigger differentiation oh, okay. frankly hmm. um i think uh we, yeah, I think one of the things that's really also unique is humor, and uh, Greatest was funny and fun to read, mm-hmm. Um and it's hard to do humor on the internet without basically, like, pissing people off yeah. or being, like, goofy and zany in a way that feels like you're selling them something. And I actually thought we had, and that this is credit to some of our—I mean, all of this is credit—but in, that in particular is credit <laughs> to some of our amazing editors and and um, sort of I would say brand champions, really, mm-hmm. who made sure that everything was consistent, who edited every single you know word to make sure it was there. But like that sense of humor, I think, is so important uh, and um, something that's unique and I think often like kind of missing.
0: Um, from what, things. Did you have specific? We I'm had, like, you had intense guidelines. constraints. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, is there, like, a short—I've I've heard a MailChimp has, like, a framework where they say, we're this, but not that. Yeah. And they do, like, 90—do you have, like, a quick rubric you kind of yeah. use? Uh, I mean, again, we have, like,
1: a—even uh, at Ness, we have, like, a absurd style book, effectively, for writing. Yeah. <laughs> I tend to really want to make very, very, very clear guardrails and constraints— because especially on the especially if you're publishing a lot of content, you're typically not writing it all in house. In house, you can mm-hmm. kind of like brainwash people. I mean, you can train them. <laughs> um, now you train them, uh, but freelancers that you're bringing in or contractors, mm-hmm. they, yeah, they'll be like, "Sure, I'll write in your voice," but like we'll you got to put action. it in front of them. And so we tended to be very extreme. We were very extreme at greatest about it. Mm-hmm. We, would, we would basically like not use people's stuff if they didn't get it really quickly right. um, because it was so important for us that everything sounded like a greatest article. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, at Ness, we have one editor who's amazing and like controls everything, like she's in charge. Every line that goes up on the website goes to her and that helps us maintain a um, quality and like tone quality mm-hmm. um, that is brand consistent.
0: Is there a? I don't know if you have inspiration or just a quick structure that you would typically give for brand guidelines like that.
1: That's a for, great question. I probably have a template I
0: can share with you. <laughs> yeah, baby. If you're, I don't know if you're comfortable putting that yeah, in the sure. pod, in the show yeah. notes, but I think that'd be great to see. I think people would love to like see this and yeah, action. I mean, a little so bit. in between
1: greatest and. Uh, in Ness, uh, I spent about a year and a half doing some consulting Mm -hmm. and sort of like effectively being like an interim chief marketing officer. But obviously people came to me for a focus on content strategy, right? Makes sense. And mostly brand first content strategy, right? Where it's not just, hey, I want to rank because I want to like sell my thing, but more like I want to, you know, build awareness and build a community right. and uh, ultimately be able to sell things longer term mm-hmm. is usually what people are going after with the brand <laughs> first thing still sell
0: things but yeah yeah
1: ultimately a, you got to yeah. build a business and so uh so yeah we created all these like te- i created all these templates and stuff and they're basically just collecting dust
0: oh now. brand templates
1: yeah all these like templates about like you know How to write temple content and all this stuff that like you share, you know, you do such a good job of like sharing information um with everyone. And the more information you share, the more open and transparent you are in my experience, the more like comes back to you always. The better you are to people, the more like it all comes back. Give it all
0: away, basically. Give it all away. Yeah. yeah, Yeah. yeah.
1: No, I'm a big believer in that. And so, you know, I um but I have like all this stuff just collecting dust. I was going to turn it into. Well, like, you want to publish it course. on the Siege Media
0: blog? I mean, yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, sure, let's do it. I have like all this stuff. Like I was going to create a course, and then
0: it's hard to create a
1: course. It takes so it's time. It's hard, yeah.
0: Teachable, pretty nice, but uh, yeah. yeah, all good stuff. So. Well, this is great conversations. So I haven't gotten to my first question so far. Oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> We've been going on a, a good, I'm sure there's elements in there, but I was on the content side coming from greatest to yeah. Nest. where there specific lessons you brought forward that you're applying that might be interesting to in people.
1: Yeah. I think the main one is really about who are you super serving when it comes to your audience. And I do think people are looking for content to serve some type of utility now in a different way. You know, people used to go to greatest.com as like the homepage, right? Because they were into health and wellness news. Uh, or they would subscribe to the email hoping to get delivered the health and wellness information that they were looking mm. for. I don't think people navigate the internet at all that way anymore. I think they are willing to follow something that's five fun tweets I read this week because that sounds interesting and informative. Uh, I think they're willing to uh, look at the seven great links I shared, Right. These are, you know, I'm thinking of Sean Puri's thing and Tim Ferriss' thing. Um, they're also willing sometimes to read long form content, almost like, some, like a you know, Wonder Mind is doing that now, but, you know, like the ones I mentioned, because that's like information. But I don't think you can kind of win anymore with like a broad based general approach. And so... It's really like, how are you going to, what, what purpose are you serving? And how can you serve that purpose better than anyone else for a very mm. specific type of customer? I think that's like my largest learning. Um, but I think other than that, I think content that's quality and that's the best answer and not an answer <laughs> is and still remains the best way to build uh, organic audience. I have not yet seen it fail once. When people are really willing to put the resource, because it's hard, it's expensive to create great content. Yes. Um, you know, like I'm Siege Media, uh, which we've worked with and have nothing but amazing things to say. Thank you. Um, but, you know, you guys really helped us uh, get a lot started uh, in the early days with a small team. It was really, really amazingly helpful. Um, and uh, it is like the problem is that when people say, I want SEO traffic, I want organic search traffic. Um, what they really mean is what's the least I can pay to get traffic? (laughs) And uh, that is, the short answer is uh, that is not the way in. The way in is to pay for quality content that will last. And uh, I, again, have never, I didn't like I don't know. Have you have you seen people who are really willing to put in the resources, the time into something where they know, like they have serving something that doesn't already exist a million times over on the internet? Have you ever seen that not eventually rank successfully? I, I haven't. No, yeah. Like it, the par- the hardest part is actually having the uh, proverbial balls to like to hang on to yeah. hang on and yeah. commit to it. And frankly, when people people don't want to write quality content because it's hard. It's hard to write the best answer on the subject. There's so many answers on the internet. You just yeah. want to kind of copy it and tweak it. Healthline, which acquired Greatest and mm-hmm. was subsequently acquired by Red Ventures, Healthline really did it. They, on every article when it came to healthcare, essentially wrote the best article.
0: They're machines, for and sure. And they're like yeah. the
1: skyscraper technique, like you know, kings and queens. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, but like, they, they just, it was always the better article. Uh-huh. And so people would click on that. And, yeah. uh, or, you know, and, and not click back. Right. Yeah,
0: yeah. It makes sense. We talked about your strength with like Pinterest and custom images there. And um, I mean, I learned a little bit more as it kind of modifies this question a little bit. That the newsletter, how much what was if you're comfortable sharing your percentage kind of traffic uh greatest is the first question? Uh Pinterest. Pinterest asking, was number one? No, no.
1: Google search was number one. Oh, okay. Google search was like sixty to seventy percent of our traffic. Okay. Uh exactly right. then Twenty to thirty percent of our traffic mm. was Pinterest, which is insane. Right. Um we were getting two to three million unique visitors a month every month, like clockwork, even when Pinterest was no longer you know growing right. um so kind of plateauing and or really got very saturated um without user growth um we were still getting millions and millions of uniques every mm. month for them uh and the rest was you know like email and referral and but okay. frankly, the majority
0: of it was from organic Google search, yeah. Got it. So email was big, but not like representatively big kind of thing. Yeah, it was
1: big. The thing with email was if you looked at new content, like if you looked at new content, something like 80% of our total traffic every month was to old content, content that wasn't published that month. Okay. Um, part of that is evergreen lifestyle content, yeah, right? That makes sense. Um, which, hey, like get into that business when yeah, you can. Wow, awesome. that's some good stuff. Um, but... Of our new content, the email was a massive driver because it was the only way we could kind of get in front of people. Because, again, people weren't going to our, like, website homepage directly just to see what's new that often.
0: So where I was going with that is just the idea that I did feel at greatest that you did have additional strong prongs of traffic drivers like social, sounds like email, Mm. strong, that – it does seem increasingly today, even if you know that SEO is going to be your base, you kind of need those things to actually have SEO be successful in some ways. I um, would
1: argue we were only successful on SEO because of our success on Pinterest, basically. Yeah. Like I think that was without Pinterest. You know, Pinterest is no follow links. I get it. But the thing with the no follow links that you always forget is that doesn't mean that other people aren't finding the links that right. way. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. Yeah, yeah. So it's Discovery um, Medium. Yeah, and Google is sure as hell like um, capturing all those Pinterest things and seeing what's trending, right? Um, I think they can't probably with the TikTok, but they're probably trying to find some way with anything that's public. So LinkedIn and stuff like that. So like, you know, I I do think that really helped us uh, tremendously. So find you a Pinterest if you can, you
0: know? (laughs) So, I mean, that leads us to today and what you're doing now, you're – I mean, content is hopefully a a big part of what you're doing. sounds like maybe not, in the grand scheme, might be not quite the pie. No,
1: we think of it it as one of our three major marketing strategies, yeah. Okay. And frankly, I think probably among our most differentiating strategies. No one, like think about all the credit card companies. The way they acquire customers is through paid search, paid social. And paid advertising on, like, you know, out of home Sky and or on something. TV. And then they do affiliate marketing, which Jeff. is a big part of their thing, yeah. Uh, and they do, like, direct mail marketing. That's their three channels, okay. effectively. You so know. We,
0: or we should expect to get mail? Yeah, you get see? mail. Lots of it.
1: <laughs> one day, one day maybe. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I tend to want to, when I go – when I enter a new space, I tend to want to win in different ways. I don't want to, I want to play games I can win, not games in which I'm playing uh, against people who know those games better than anyone else. And in the case of like the incumbents in the credit card space, it's people who have a lot, a few more resources than us. That makes you know, sense. These yeah. are massive Oh, But you're good
0: at the internet marketing piece and so of so what version. are we good
1: at? Yeah. Right. And so one I think is amazing organic content mm-hmm. um, that ends up, you know, kind of, hitting people at the top of the funnel and then also retaining them sort of truly like at the bottom. Um, then the second one is influencers. Uh, we think influencers are still massively untapped ultimately as a uh, channel, especially if you are working with them and collaborating with them and not just asking them to like hawk your stuff, you right. know? Um, and then the third is actually partner marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that we're, we, you know, like it's a credit card that comes with benefits and rewards and our benefit stack has some of the best brands on the like period, yeah. you know, like in the world when it comes to, um, our space of health. Mm-hmm. And so we are partnering very closely with them to get the word out. So those are kind of our three channels. You see that very different basically than like an Amex or a chase or, you know, anyone who's doing credit cards.
0: Makes sense. I'm, and this is probably why it, that's going to be successful. From the content lens, you mentioned that Pinterest was a big reason that this content side was successful. Is there an equivalent for you today? Is it those same three things? Uh, you know, what makes, yeah. that's
1: such a good question. Um, I think it's hard today. Mm. You know, Pinterest went from nothing to something and then plateaued, I think. But still, like, we caught it in 2011, like, as it was blowing up and committed deeply to it. We weren't sure if it would work. We put a lot of resources into making sure everything had a unique image and a unique visual and, you know, into creating graphics and infographics like that were basically pinterest driven. And we were just kind of right about that, you know. We were wrong about other things, we were right about that. Since then the only thing that ended up working for greatest at least was Instagram, right? Like we ended up building a pretty good uh, audience there. Today I think the only one is TikTok really, you know. More and more brands Mm -hmm. have strategies on like a be real or whatever, but more and more of these things are actually going to a place where it no longer like registers for Google, which Google should be concerned about, by the way, just broadly, right? Like, But um, that means that there aren't that many places. Uh, I think LinkedIn is a place that's gotten like not enough love probably, but they're just, you know, we've kind of solidified some of these channels. It was a little bit more, 10 years ago, is was a little bit more open. Um, yeah. It is kind of disappointing. You mean it's, it's saturated or just that? Yeah, I just mean not- that, like, there's no new, like, you know, hot channel. Hot right channel. Yeah, yeah. And when there are, like a TikTok, mm-hmm. it is so mobile first, and it is so detached
0: from, like, you know, organic Google oh, search. Oh, search. There's nothing connect. Yeah, it yeah. seems like increasingly everyone's trying to own their own traffic. So yeah. if you push out, they're not a fan of that. But Which maybe like, there's a ha- room for a network that actually does that in some way now. Yeah, maybe. Uh, I don't know. But.
1: You know, what's been interesting is seeing, like, some of, like, the Substack stuff. Yeah, that's like cool. Like, YouTube and Substack. Those mm-hmm. are, like, what's interesting about that is they drive people to follow more. Like, the Substack, especially, like, recommendations of other newsletters I find really fascinating. Mm-hmm. Right? So, like, if I were running, if I were if I were investing right now mm-hmm. and, like, building out a media channel as my primary focus, um, I would be trying hard to find where are the platforms that are going to recommend, like, things you should follow to and try to be one of those recommendations as
0: much as possible. Um, yeah, that's – I mean, that, people think about YouTube SEO, and um, Brian Dean is, like, the prominent guy on this, and he's shared, like, everything you can know. But suggested search is is the discovery mechanism. Yeah. People might Google. Best booty bands, but they're not doing it that often compared to like suggested. The discovery of suggestives is so totally bizarre. like
1: even like Amazon recommendations, mm-hmm. like it's kind of crazy the recommendations piece. Yeah, and YouTube, I think cracking YouTube is very hard, but YouTube the second largest search engine, right? Yeah. And like you know, um, or most popular search engine. Like getting that right, I think, um, is an amazing. I would we would lo- I would love to crack YouTube at some point.
0: Um, I could see it making sense. Yeah. That yeah, uh, what one thing I like that you do. I wish this was more not as rare. Is you are distributing SEO content. I've seen it on Instagram and social, and I feel like more not many brands who are high growth brands such as yourself are actually doing that. Like I don't yeah, know because they're, they're idiots. <laughs> yeah, is that kind of the? T- I don't understand yeah, why yeah. you won't, wouldn't
1: yeah. cross populate across all your channels. You know, it has to make kind of brand sense, and in our in our case, I really think it does. Obviously, right? But yeah, I'm not I'm not sure um, I'm not sure why not.
0: Yeah, I mean, you clearly had a record, and you you did it at greatest, so it was natural to you. I wish, and I think that's part of your success, and why you'll continue to be successful is because of that cross pollination. It seems like all the and great like
1: you just don't. I think so many uh, companies add on content as a band aid and add on new channels as a, um, like, basically just they add to like, they add it on top, as opposed to rethinking the like core holistic strategy of how you are promoting across these channels. Like, every channel is just one, you know, I think of, I call it like unique consistent value, but I think you have to have one unique consistent value across every channel that speaks consistently, Uh, that comes out consistently, that speaks uniquely well to your audience, and that provides some kind of unique value that they're not getting somewhere else. And if you can do that really well and marry them all together uh, in a way that tells a larger story, I tend to think that that's like the most powerful type of marketing strategy, as opposed to like, yeah, let's do TikTok too, figure something out that works. (laughs) I tend to think that actually drives like
0: you might you, you might, you yeah.
1: might, and you might end up getting like mm-hmm. viral, you know, a couple things going viral, but who cares if it's not really driving back to something that in which you can like, you know, collect value from.
0: And it's often more cost effective to like repurpose to cross several channels as well. Um, totally. In a positive I, yeah. way. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and I, I do think like people, as long as you're not doing the same thing on all the same channels, mm-hmm. but you're doing it in different ways. Um, you know, people are kind of signing up for the brand experience, the Ness experience. Um and uh, wherever that be, and then you're
0: actually coming to meet them where they're at with that experience, you know. Nice, yeah. So another thing that I think is informed potentially your success that I've noticed. I think you have a unique leadership style and company uh, uh, CO style, yeah, uh, which is great in my opinion. You have some unique concepts you've shared uh, with people that have invested in your company and potentially externally. Sometimes some ideas of mutual missions. I think was one cool one. Um, is there any other things in that area or how you think about leadership that does inform your content strategy that is worth sharing people or like mm-hmm. you think could inform success or does inform, uh, how your company does well? Or is it just kind of, In uh, I do sense, and I think this is maybe I don't want to lead you in responses. you kind of think about this, but you mentioned you are the business is kind of doing well as a byproduct of you caring about the mission in some way. And I'm guessing those are some of those like mutual mission, not to, that's not a pun intended kind of thing, but (laughs) yeah, in that direction, I don't know if there's something there. Yeah. That might be a little
1: bit more like,
0: you know, philosophical than I even (laughs)
1: thought about. No. um, Look, I try to be, I was not a good CEO when I started my first company. (laughs) You -hmm. know, I was trying my hardest, but I wasn't good. I think I've gotten a little bit better. Um, and a part of that was being very creative about building the business, the culture, the team, and the processes that I wanted to see. Mm -hmm. Right. I didn't learn the wrong way. I started my first business six months out of college. I did that for eight years. I like basically haven't had a real job, you know? Um, and I didn't learn, I think some of the stuff that other people, I remember, at greatest when somebody was like, you know, what's really crazy about this culture is like you actually genuinely like care about the people here. And I was like, yeah, isn't that like everywhere? And they're like, <laughs> no, it's not. And I was like, why not? Yeah, like, that's I don't understand. So, strange, yeah. so I think that's part of it is that I just kind of like have built a company that's kind of true to what I would want as a culture. Um, but yeah, do I think? And yes, you mentioned mutual missions. We kind of do a unique thing where instead of performance reviews. Uh, like your traditional performance review, we do something called Our Mutual Missions, where we basically um, align, it's like a Google Doc that people fill out, and, and every quarter we check in on them with how are we doing, are we on track for you to grow in the professional ways you want to mm-hmm. grow, and are you on track to delivering in the our expectations of your mission? Uh, and if they aren't, we talk about them. Mm. It also includes like, what do you want to be paid in three to five years and 10 years? And what do you want your title to be? And it's like truly really like aligning with somebody, an investment in your professional development. Because I believe my job is to find the best people on my team and then invest in their, them growing as fast as possible. Because I think that will help secure us all the championship that we all are looking for. Right. Um, and uh, so it's like a very kind of unique and I think aligned approach um, and there's been many examples where someone said, hey, I actually now want to be a goat herder in Bangladesh. And I've been like, that's really cool. We don't really need that here, but <laughs> um, I'm happy to call my friend who does, and, you know, yeah. have a connection there. Or, um, you know, I'm ready to move to the next stage of my, you know, like the next mission here because I have this cool challenge that you've mentioned that I really want to take on. And we go, that's amazing. I'm glad we have this, you know, like, you know, basically like a, a time to talk about um, your professional development. Uh, we do a lot of things. We don't have titles anymore. Um, we um, which is an experiment we've been trying that I think so far has been helped led to more collaboration, but it has led to uh, weirder hiring. Conversations. <laughs> do you, you, hey, by the way, um, thank you for uh, applying for this job, which uh, now that you know what the title is, we'll remove it. Yeah. <laughs>
0: so do they still use it on LinkedIn?
1: We do, yeah. yeah well, because otherwise it's very confusing. Right, um, right. But yeah, we have what, what we call muscles, which are like our version of levels, but you know. Okay. Um, and so, you know, we have pretty clear comp bands. Like, I think we we have a very thoughtful approach to all of this stuff. It's not always. A better than some of the alternatives but we sure are trying to make it better yeah, you know that makes sense. i think the most important thing that i would say is that it's all about like being willing to try new things and being willing and being clear about the context and goal and intention you have towards trying them i find that if you infuse that into your culture as a leader that uh you know, first of all, like builds a lot of grace, but Mm. also a lot of curiosity. Maybe this will work as opposed to this is stupid and I don't want to do this, sir. Um, But I actually think bringing it back to content, it's the same. I tend to think the times in which greatest was the most successful was when we were the best and ahead of the curve and trying and innovating new things, Um, not trying to play catch up, right? We were skating to where the puck is going, not to where it is. Google, at the same time, was doing the same thing, and we kind of, like, met in the middle, which, like, was good timing for us at nice. greatest. At Nest, similarly, right, we're, we're innovating on a space that has been, existed for a very long time, where most people, when they think of premium cards, think of travel. We think that's silly. M- the majority of people in this country now prioritize health and wellness over travel. Given that's true, Shouldn't the next great credit card company be built on a platform that actually is more of even a virtuous cycle, embracing people for doing the right things with more of the right things? And so that innovation, I think, is what we hope will, you know, make this huge, awesome, exciting change that we're building. But I think also is how we try to apply, uh, you know, try to tackle every challenge that's in front makes of sense. us. Yeah.
0: Love that. And that make, it makes a ton of sense. And I can see how that's successful. It also reminded me of a question that I was thinking about in the back of my head about yeah. your um, – value for each channel and also organizational structure. I imagine one thing that happens to companies and obviously you're still in startup phase, but mm-hmm. curious how you're mm-hmm. thinking about this in the long term is they probably get pretty siloed. Hey, I'm PPC. I'm content. Yeah, I'm the Instagram person. I'm TikTok. Seems like you do a pretty good job of integration. Yeah, Sounds like you have a flat structure. Yeah. I don't know how long you plan. If that will ever always be the case. How does that, those channels say integrated? Is there like a certain... Like, are they meeting weekly? Is the whole marketing department like uh, there must be something behind the scenes that works well there too. Yeah. I mean, I'd love to say that I have like the silver bullet for this,
1: (laughs) but it's actually something that I've struggled with. I think again, setting the intention of, Hey, we are one team, not Mm -hmm. individual channels or individual approaches and tactics, I think is really important. But yeah, we do a marketing meeting this, you know, each of the teams meet together. What's interesting for us in particular is products. Um, like ultimately our job is to reward people when they spend on stuff and do stuff we call all those healthy actions and healthy actions is basically like the it's like the the kind of the key asset that we're building everything around so in the app experience of your card, we have right now this rewards app, um, which you're a huge user of, <laughs> if I know. Um, you're just, yeah, talking. About I will you, be. I will yeah, be. Yeah, okay, um, but like we're basically recommending and suggesting things constantly. Those are in part based on the curation we're doing on like the the new the publication, and it's also based in part on the discovering we're doing in the email newsletter. And so all these things kind of come together in this interesting way, oh, okay, and uh, I think like there just has to be a reason for all these people to talk to each other, you know,
0: it makes sense. yeah, and you uh I, I don't know if you're go as far like do they? they're I'm guessing they have individual KPIs of like search growth, like I can see how s- sometimes those No, we incentives... just let them just post and hope it works <laughs> out <man. laughs> but so I would guess sometimes some of those incentives might be like, why am I helping? the blog people it, distribute this content <laughs> if it's impacting. Like, I would get much better engagement on my whatever reel that I post. But yeah. I don't know if there's anything there. Uh, no, we haven't had that yet. Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, that is very concerning, though. And I hope no one gets any ideas from this chat. <laughs> now, uh, I think, you know, the goals are broader marketing goals. Yeah. And we tend to hire people who are com- self Self-motivated, but not competitive within the team. That makes sense.
0: Yeah, that's a good way. Yeah. Of and one of our core
1: values is one So, mm-hmm. you know, in our core values is this idea that we're all on the same team. We're
0: rowing in the right direction. And uh, yeah, exactly. That sort of works itself out. Yeah. Nice. Well, this has been a great conversation. I'm sure we could go like 30, 45 more minutes. But uh, yeah. Yeah. Is there any like so fun. final thoughts or th- things you leave people with that? I didn't ask you around greatest and content and SEO or anything. Uh, Yeah. I mean, I think,
1: I think always my, like my biggest advice, (laughs) I feel like around uh, growing things on the internet effectively is to not overthink it uh, in quite the way that I think many people do. Uh, Mm. I think at its core, right. Great stuff. The best stuff on the internet for who you're trying to reach. And like that, again, has worked. Time and time again. Every time. The (laughs) problem is when you get caught up in, but what about the strategy? And what about this optimization? And oh, my header tags. And like what happens with all these things is that you get caught up in the tactics and you forget that like the really thing that matters is the strategy and how good is this thing actually? I used to, Famously, famously, I don't know who was famous too, (laughs) but I used to say a lot uh, at greatest. My mom. My mom, yeah, super famous among my mom. Um, (laughs) And all the employees I paid a salary to, they just felt I was so famous. No, um, I used to say, I used to say a lot, right? I used to read every article from top to bottom, and I would give feedback on every article. Basically, (laughs) my team were like, This sucks, right? I hate getting your feedback, but it makes every article better. You know? Yeah, yeah. It's like that approach, I think, is something that is so important. It's like, Was that actually a great article? And was that actually a great post? And was that actually a great newsletter? And when it's great, I find that it doesn't grow on its own. You do have to apply different tactics to it. You have to build that distribution plan in. You have to partner with people, but it's really hard to grow something if it's not already great. And making it great is actually the hardest part. So I tend to think, don't overthink it and make great things.
0: Love that. Yeah. What I liked in particular about this conversation, I mean, I'm at SEO Decor. I'm definitely with you on the great piece of it. What's interesting, and I think you do a great job at, is bringing that. You still consider search, but you're clearly a brand first guy. And I think people hopefully who listen to the this. The soft skills, the yeah, soft parts. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that matters. Not turns the hard out. part. The yeah. hard parts are
1: not unimportant and yeah. not invalid. They are valuable, but like the soft parts are, I think where you differentiate well SEOed content from successful SEO Yeah, content,
0: I, I agree. I think it's a lot of, it's probably a similar mechanism of people will kind of like optimize around these different variables in search. And maybe it sort of helps, but you're eventually going to get beat by this person who just, yeah. And, and didn't it has hear a out. soul
1: and like has a soul and a mm. perspective and a voice that's so much more compelling. And differentiated. Yeah, and like the best TED Talks are like, not people who say all the right things, right? They the,
0: they didn't read the article on how to give a good TED Talk.
1: Yeah, it's right. It's like the people <laughs> who like make you feel certain things because right. they're telling a story that's true to them or uniquely relevant to what mm-hmm. you're interested in. And like, that's how I think about content too.
0: For sure. So how, we we talked about Nest? How should people m- yeah. go, should they um, fall? Please, yeah. please
1: subscribe and follow to everything that I've ever done in my life no don't uh, find
0: you on personal networks that's what (laughs) we're learning
1: (laughs) yeah okay so um, neswell.com like wellness but flipped that's uh, where you can learn more about our uh, our upcoming first card and sign up for the wait list which um, you know will soon become a real thing and people will be able to sign up by the end of the year very exciting Um, subscribe to our email newsletter the Nessie sightings Um, you know link like Heck to our uh, uh, Nessie publication, <laughs> but not in a Black Hat way. But in a completely, you know, out of the, you know, relevance and goodness yeah. of all the great health content listening, listening curation. Right now. Yes, please. Uh, the more links, the better, as long as they're good links. Um, and then, if you want to connect with me, I'm easy to reach to, and probably the best place is on Twitter at
0: Derek Flans. You share yeah. some good content on LinkedIn. Thank you. Well. I also yeah, yeah. share some good yeah. content
1: on LinkedIn. Follow yeah. me on LinkedIn. Yeah, too. LinkedIn. Uh, this is a good follow I've been trying to get into that more yeah you're doing a good job
0: yeah awesome you. Derek appreciate you coming on yeah likewise thanks for having me yeah of course
1: thank you for listening to this episode of content and conversation please leave us a review and like and subscribe on your podcasting app of choice thanks